Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Lord, Davy Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Town Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. your host Don Q let's let it go it's Friday How's it going out there today? It is it is Friday, March 17th, 2023. Happy St. Patrick's Day. I'm already drinking. Fuck it. Open the sun. Oh, it's just water. Never mind. <laughs> I'll drink later. All right, guys. Let's not forget. Let's get, let's get our other sponsor out of the way real quick because I got a lot of shit to talk about. Let's not forget about our newest sponsor to the show, Christian Lawson Watches. Check them out at christianlawson.com. Use promo code DTOM at checkout for 30% off your purchase price. That's christianlawson.com. Promo code DTOM at checkout. 30%. Come on, guys. Help a brother out. All right. So, a couple things to get some business out of the way. I'm going to be all over the road today. I'm going to be like a drunk driver on St. Patrick's Day. All over the road. Running people over and not giving a care. Um, yeah. So, if you guys are on social media, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, or the Ticker Talker, follow us at Don't Tread on America. And if you're on the Ticker Talker, we're at DTOM at... Or I'm sorry, at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me personally, that is PCGC underscore 1775. All right. What else we got? I got a website. Follow us there if you don't have the social media prowess, which is fine. Check us out at don'ttreadonamerica.com. It's pretty simple. 
Everything's Don't Tread on America. Just look it up. We're there. You can subscribe to the website. I won't spam you to death. Um, but there you can find show updates, blogs that we do, and uh, naked pictures of your mom if you want them. I got them, probably. Maybe. Probably not. So uh, check us out there, guys, on any of those platforms, whether it's the website or the social media platforms. You can message the show if you have any questions, concerns, um, criticisms, praise, you know, whatever. You can find us there and talk to me directly. I check my emails every day, a couple of times a day. I'm kind of weird about that stuff, but nonetheless... um, So, is there anything else that we have to cover as far as... Oh, yeah, also, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, guys, please subscribe to the show, follow the show, whatever the button is on whatever podcast app you're listening to. It doesn't cost anything. Um, It's free. You're already listening to the show. Just hit the follow button. That helps us with the algorithm falling into if people that listen to more popular... um, podcasts that are similar to this it puts us in that trend where maybe we'll get more listeners so i need you guys to continue doing what you're doing and keep sharing the show with your friends and your people that you're not friends with just keep sharing it on your social media and so on and so forth all right what else do we got i think that's it all right i'll talk to you guys on sunday all right so just um I'm going to touch real quick on on this whole drone, U.S. drone in the uh, Black Sea and the Russian plane hitting it or dumping fuel and catching it. I've heard different stories of, of what exactly happened. But let's, let's get to the, the crux of the situation here. You have Lindsey Gla- <laughs> Lindsey <Glam. laughs> Lindsey Graham or Glam. Um you know, calling out for us to start shooting down Russian planes and stuff like that. And uh, I I understand the frustration. And I'm not trying to take Russia's side or Ukraine's side or uh, America's side or whoever's side. But this is the way I look at it. This is a situation between Russia and Ukraine. However, whatever, whoever, I got it. Whether you you, you want to believe the story that Russia's invading Ukraine for no apparent reason other than world domination, fine. Believe that story. If you want to believe the truth that it's Ukraine that's actually the the aggressors towards its own people in the Donbass and the Donetsk regions, and Russia's there to aid them, then believe that story. Point being is this. As America, we should not even be involved in this conflict, number one. It's bad enough that we're sending billions of dollars to this country when we're we're in our own issues right now, and we're going to get to all that here in a little bit. And then if we're sending equipment, tanks, and and, you know, guns and munitions and rocket launchers and whatever, that's that makes it even worse, in my opinion, because it puts us in the mix, even though we technically might not, might not have people over there, which may or may not be true. 
Um, that's, that's a whole separate issue. But when you're flying drones, even though technically the drone was in international airspace, international water over international waters, I get that. But you have to ask the question, if you're Russia, why is there a, a U.S. American uh, drone, spy drone, flying? Oh, it's not over Russia. It's not flying over Russia. Cool, I get it. You, what is it spying on then? What is it there for? Is it monitoring the water? It's looking at something. It's watching something, whether it's watching the movement in the sea and then sending that information to Ukraine. I don't know. Is it seeing troop movements in Russia and sending that? I, I, I don't know. Now, to me, watching the video, um, you see the plane kind of arch up and it's and it dumps fuel. That's what that kind of like a chemtrail, essentially. What it did, it's kind of ironic how Biden comes out and says it was un, uh, environmentally unsafe and dangerous and da da da. Like, look in the sky over our country. We see chemtrails every day, but yet we're going to stress because a Russian fighter pilot dumped some fuel on a drone. Whatever. Point being is this um, I think the intention was to disrupt its transmission. Whatever it was up there doing, that was the point. Got a little too close, clipped it, whatever, whatever. If you, if us as Americans, if you don't want to be involved, if you don't want to have these types of close encounters, then we shouldn't even be over there. When you entice somebody, it's kind of like going to a bar and egging on someone like you're like literally in someone's face saying, punch me, just come on, punch me, punch me, I come on, punch me. And then when they punch you, you're like, what the fuck did you hit me for? That's what we're playing right now. We're playing games that may or may not get us into any kind of war. It's like we're just constantly pushing the line. Here's an idea. Why don't you guys, all you guys, all you kids in the playground, why don't all you guys come up with a peace treaty that should have been done a year ago when last March, when uh, Putin and Zelensky were willing to agree to peace talks, which was going was gonna to cause Zelensky to lose and Ukraine to lose some land, he was willing to do that. Putin was willing to do that. And I and all of a sudden Biden's like, no, we're not doing that. Hmm. You have to ask the question why. And there's so much stuff that we could talk about. I could literally probably do a three hour show. But we're gonna that's all I'm gonna say about that. Maybe some more things will come up. I'll have a I have some more information for you on Sunday or Monday when I do the next show. But I want to go in a different direction. So, just to keep it fresh in everyone's head, exactly how the mass media works in conjunction with the federal government. Last month, right, was March 17th, right? So, just, just not even a month ago, just a couple of weeks ago. We could not stop hearing about train derailments and uh, like that. They're gone. You know, it was, it was a... The month of February into the beginning of March was was train derailment after train derailment. 
chemical plant blowing up after chemical plant blowing up. It was just the world was on fire, right? And just like that, gone. Who would have thought that we could so easily forget the constant train derailments, chemical plant fires? It had to be something. Um, <laughs> oh, I get it. I know what we can do. Let's totally throw the public into a frenzy and destroy the economy. But more on that in a minute. I want to play this, um, this, this, this thing here. It's a few minutes long, so just uh, check it out here. Starting in the 1950s, the UN began funding scientists to measure for carbon dioxide. Some of this is going to sound familiar. We've talked about it on the show. They drafted what they describe as the international legal instrument for the conservation of biological diversity and outlined their plans to seize control of land under the guise of climate conservation. Now listen to what he's saying and listen to the stuff. You guys have been listening to this show for a little while. We've talked about these things. We've talked about these agendas and stuff that he's going to discuss. But think about what's going on right now in the world, in America. And like I said, a lot of what we're talking about lately isn't just an American thing. This is a world thing. This is a quote-unquote Western civilization thing. So whether you're in America, you're in England, you're in parts of Europe, wherever. Wherever you have some sort of semblance of freedom similar to what we deal with or what we are, we are able to have somewhat here in America, ours might be a little bit more than what you have, but you're not in a communist for the most part communist country under dictatorship rule. Well, I guess we are too, but nonetheless, uh, I'm going to keep playing this. Known as Agenda 21, because they wanted to accomplish their goals by the 21st century. But by 2015, they were failing and officially pushed their deadline back with Agenda 2030. In 2010, the Rockefeller Foundation published Scenario for the Future of Technology and International Development, wherein they outlined four different ways of achieving their goals, which they wrote, once crossed, these axes create a matrix of four very different futures. In 2020, they crossed the axis into the lockstep matrix. In 2022, at their 15th Convention on Biological Diversity, COP15, the... Now, that was just this past year in December. UN increased the amount of land they plan to steal to 30% by 2030. Their 30 by 30 plan will require the displacement of millions. So far, the direct confiscation approach is working in Europe. The Dutch farmers have been peacefully protesting, but they are being shot at by the police. And so the government isn't stopping, which is why the direct approach won't work in America. Less than a year after Agenda 21 was drafted, the US federal government attempted stripping away constitutional land rights from the Bundy family in Nevada. It was fought in the courts for decades and resulted in a peaceful protest with armed protesters. To avoid a gunfight, the feds backed off and adapted their plans. In 2008, the Rockefeller Foundation published America 2050, 
a strategy to reclaim natural resources and reform the federal role in land use policy. The America 2050 documents outline which areas of the country will be depopulated and which areas will be politically absorbed into 10 new mega regions. The Rockefellers envision most of the depopulation to occur in the central corridor of the United States. These are the same states that experienced the most COVID vaccine deaths, a massive area that is not included in the America 2050 infrastructure map and excluded from the new high-speed rail system planned. A big part of Rockefeller's America 2050 is the high-speed rail in America plan, which requires... Now, these high-speed rails connect regions, which connect 15-minute cities. ...requires the use of existing railways for its implementation. Some are suggesting that this is why we are seeing so many train derailments. There have been over a dozen derailments and chemical spills on railways in just the past few months, some of which, like the one in East Palestine, are highly suspicious. And these chemical spills could be used as an excuse by the state to evacuate you from your homes and steal your land. The Comprehensive Environmental Response, Compensation and Liability Act, commonly known as Superfund, was enacted by Congress in 1980. The Superfund provides the EPA with the authority to seize control of private lands for long-term remedial response actions during the event of a toxic disaster. If what we are being told about the chemicals that were burned and released into East Palestine is true, then the EPA could plausibly shut down a massive area, and Cleveland can house the dislocated Ohioans in their 15-minute cities. Which we talked about While here. the government cleans up the mess and accepts the land as payment. Whether it's called Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, or America 2050, the United Nations and their friends are never going to quit. Reporting. So, <clears throat> there you go. That was uh, from Greg Reese. And, um, and... There you go. I mean, that kind of explains a lot of what we talked about on the show from the different train derailments, the different chemical plant fires, the 15-minute uh, cities. The You know, it all kind of makes sense. And these plans, we've, we did a show a while back, and we talked about Agenda 21 event. Or I'm sorry. Yeah, Event 201, Agenda 21, and Agenda 2030. So like he said there, Agenda 21, that was supposed to take place in the 21st century, the beginning of the 21st century. Well, we're well into the 21st century, okay? We're 23 years into the 21st century. So when the 21st century started, and um, <clears throat> we weren't quite there yet, they did Agenda 2030, and that's where... When we talked about that, we read you a lot of the stuff about Agenda 2030. If you guys don't know, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You can go back and listen to that show. Look for Agenda 2030. But um, in that was about displacing, depopulating, and how are they going to go about doing that? That's when we were talking about COVID vaccines and so on and so forth. But the interesting thing is, 
is what has been the talk for the last week or so, right? Banks going out of business, being taken over by the government, uh, not just in this country, but in in uh, Europe also. And all of a sudden, we stop talking about all these chemical train derailments and stuff. So one would have to assume that there aren't anymore. They fixed the problem. Now, if you live in certain areas of the country, you know that's not true because obviously you would see if you live in Kentucky, for example, or in Minnesota, or in, where was the other one? Uh, Arizona, you'll know that those things are still going on. So why are they not making national news? And furthermore, you can watch Fox or CNN or whoever, right? And if there's a train derailment of some consequence, if there's a plant uh, leak, chemical plant leak or whatever of some consequence, that can still make news along with, you know, whatever bank going out of business or whatever the case may be. Um, or, you know, Russian drones. It's like they can't spread out the news. They they got to focus on one or two things. If it's more than that, we can't do that because we got to beat the drum of what, you know, the the mass media has to do. And I don't care who it is. If it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC, it doesn't matter. They're all beating the same drum. They might have different takes and they might slant it a little bit differently depending on who their viewership is based around. But basically, they're all talking about the same thing. And I'm going to give you three different situations here. And these all just happened yesterday. Today's the 17th. These three different situations happened yesterday. And with the exception of the people that probably live in these areas, guarantee you haven't heard about them. First off, nuclear power plant leaks 400,000 gallons of radioactive water. Now, it's not vinyl chloride. It's not, you know, uh, chlorine. It's not, you know, whatever. (laughs) This is radioactive water, 400,000 gallons. Where was this at? Well, this was in America. Oh, it was in Minnesota. So Minnesota regulator said Thursday they're monitoring a cleanup uh, and, and let me let me back up real quick. <clears throat> this particular story broke yesterday, okay? But as I read this article, you'll find it interesting to know that this is about a three-month-old story. <laughs> and that's what's scary about it. And I'll get to why I think that is in a second. They're monitoring the cleanup of a leak of 400,000 gallons of radioactive water from Excel Energy's Monticello Nuclear Power Plant. And the company said there's no danger to the public. Well, we heard that before. Didn't they say that in East Palestine? Uh, Excel Energy took swift action to contain the leak to the plant site, which poses no health and safety risks to the local community or the environment. Sure. While Excel reported a leak of water containing uh, tritum to state and federal authorities in late November. Three and a half months ago, Almost four months ago, this happened. Radioactive waste 
water leaked. And we're just now, granted, I live in Florida. Probably, I'm probably okay. And if you want to believe what these people are saying, I guess everybody's okay. But <laughs> are they? This bill had not been made public before Thursday. State officials said they wanted, they waited to get more information before going public with it. They waited four months nearly before going public with it. So just imagine if you live in this area of this where this particular uh, power plant is. Could you imagine if you if you didn't work at the power plant? Like I, I don't what, whatever town this is in. Okay. Let's say you live in the town, I'm assuming it's in Monticello. Let's say you live in the small town of Monticello, Minnesota. Okay? And uh, you probably know about it, I, w- I would assume. But what about the people in the surrounding area? If they don't know about it, if they had any rumors spread, I get it. But this isn't important enough. Even if it isn't a threat to the public even if you even if what you say is true there's no threats to the public why would you wait 4 months to make it public um that's that's the thing that i don't understand like okay if there's a train derailment and something's leaking and they blow it up it's kind of hard to hide if radioactive wastewater is leaking from you know a plant how do you know it's not a danger to the public? You waited four months to find that out? And, and, and that's the thing. It's like you go back to the, the video I just played. This is in that region what he talked about, the center you know, of the country, the mid part of the country. You, you can't help but wonder if there is an actual plan here. It, it it makes you wonder if all of this coincides. So yesterday in uh, Kentucky, a CSX train um, forcing 21 train cars off the tracks on Thursday afternoon uh, derailed. According to Hardin County Sheriff, train derailed near Main Street in downtown Glendale, Kentucky just before 3 p.m. on Thursday. Um, at approximately 2.54 p.m. today, a CSX train went into, emergen- into emergency attempting to avoid a collision with a semi-truck uh, and trailer stuck on the crossing. Now, how many times have we seen these videos lately where a semi-truck happens to be stuck on the tracks? Um, at the Hodge- Hodgeville Road crossing in Glendale, Kentucky, CSX sent a statement, that uh, preliminary reports indicated 21 rail cars derailed as a result of emergency action. Um, <clears throat> police, uh, Kentucky State Police said the semi-truck stopped on the tracks, forcing the train conductor to slam on the brakes. When the train was stopping, it derailed in the process. Kentucky State Police said one person suffered minor in- injuries in the derailment. They also said no hazardous materials are believed to be involved since the train was transporting vehicles. It has been reported occupants and non-threatening life injuries. There are no uh, injuries to the crew. No hazardous materials are involved, they said. But they believed that to be true, maybe. I don't know. Um, so here's another train derailment that no one's talking about. And then uh, here's another train derailment. 
And this was in uh, Washington State yesterday. Okay, state officials. In uh, freight train derailed in northwest Washington just after midnight Thursday, leaking what officials estimate could be up to 5,000 gallons of diesel fuel. Okay, that's that's a toxic chemical, right? You shouldn't drink diesel fuel. I'm not going to go into the whole, the whole uh, situation here. And then uh, number three, yesterday, train derailment near Arizona California border did not says did not involve hazardous materials. Okay, now here's the interesting part: a train derailed in western Arizona Wednesday evening uh, was carrying corn syrup. Okay, that's that's kind of dangerous. Corn syrup is not a natural. Item. Um, I don't want to go into a whole other tangent about corn and corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup and all that stuff. That's literally a story for another day. But those of you that know a little bit about something know that corn syrup isn't that great for you. Now, is it deadly? Is it going to harm things? I don't know. But here's another trained derailment carrying chemicals because corn syrup is a chemical. And it derailed. So that's three train derailments between Wednesday night and Thursday night. Did you, unless you live in these areas, probably didn't hear about it. Nuclear waste water spilled from a plant almost four months ago. Did you know about it? Did you hear about it? And doesn't it include, you know, other chemical fires, other chemical plants that are burning down that you're not hearing about? Why? Because we're focused on the economy, which we should be. I'm not saying we should dismiss the, the, the elephant in the room. I just want to point out how the, the ADHD of our mass media is it, it's just, it's just insane. And it, I encourage you guys to, to remember the things that are happening because we are so easy to forget what happened a month ago? What happened two months ago? And, you know, I was talking to some guys at work today, and then everyone's starting to kind of freak out a little bit about the banking situation. And you're hearing now there's rumors that maybe regional banks are going to start shutting down. Um, was a lot of this to do with the, the big boy banks, so to speak, trying to eliminate the little boy banks? Will you see a run on, you know, your local count, you know, you're, you're like wherever you live, you might have like a local city bank or like a local county bank or a local state bank for that matter. There might only be a bank that's in the state of Florida or the bank that's in central Florida or whatever, wherever you live, Texas, you know, whatever. And the way those banks will recover is they'll get bought out by the bigger bank. Okay. So, like, where I live in Florida, there was, um, I'm trying to think the, how the banks went. There was, so Wells Fargo is prevalent in the state of Florida. And not that Wells Fargo is a new bank by any stretch of the imagination, okay? But 10 years ago, and, and that might even be generous by saying 10 years ago. It might even be five years ago, but just for shits and giggles, we'll say 10. 10 years ago... Wells Fargo didn't exist in, in Florida. Now, I'm not saying they didn't exist because Wells Fargo's Wells Fargo's Wells Fargo. They've been around forever. Okay, I get that. But in Florida, 
they didn't exist as a bank. Okay, like you might have been able to get financing, like for example, when we bought wood floors, right? The company that we went through to buy wood floors, their financing was through Wells Fargo. And that was more than 10 years ago, yada, yada, yada. Um, the bank that was around here was Wachovia. Now, I think that's more of a regional bank. That wasn't a national bank. I don't know. There's no Wachovias anymore. I don't, it doesn't exist. But whatever happened to Wachovia, they were taken over by Wells Fargo. And before Wachovia, it was something else. And before that, it was something else. And it was always a regional bank. Like, you'd be in Florida, and that bank existed. But if you went to another state, that bank didn't exist. So it was a state bank, a regional bank, whatever. And that's my point. Wherever you live in this country, and this is a U.S. thing, and, I, and you might, people in Europe and wherever, you might have this same issue. I, I don't know. I don't know the banking systems in other countries. But in this part of Florida, you have credit unions, you have like mid-Florida, you have Suncoast Credit Union, you have smaller banks, uh, Fifth Third and whoever, I don't know all the banks. But there are more regional banks or credit unions. So will we see a run on those banks to be taken over by Bank of America and Wells Fargo and Chase and whoever else? I find it interesting because what was happening last week when all this stuff started happening is people started pulling their money out of Bank of America and Chase and, and whoever and moving it to, to credit unions. And I'd even talked about that, and I you know had thought about it. I was like, well, maybe I do I need to do that and move to a credit union. But now it looks like the run's going on the regional banks. So you could literally move your money out of Bank of America or Chase or Wells Fargo or whoever to a regional bank, and then within six months, that bank not even exists. And then you're back to whoever. It's just a big carousel. But the interesting thing is this. I found this article. Okay. Now, this was written in December of last year. Okay. So, you know, four months ago, December 12th of 22. Okay. The, the title of it is 2023. The Road to Digital Enslavement Amidst a uh, global economic collapse. Now, this was written by Bob Johnson. Now, uh, I might say this name wrong because, you know, but it's Josh, I think it's Josh Jim Hagopin, Hagopian. So, no disrespect. I, I'm trying my best to pronounce your name there, but here we go. So, I'm going to assume it's a he, but this person, we'll just go with that, writes, The perfect storm, a convergent, earth-shaking crisis commonly referred to by the crisis makers as the Great Reset is said to be days or weeks away now with less than three-week countdown to 2023. Like I said, this was December 12th of last year. So the year that appears increasingly associated with Armageddon. Now, it's interesting, as, I'm, I was, as I was reading this article earlier today, I was like, this is crazy that this person wrote this article in, in December. Now, in December, generally, it's a slow news, what, what people in the business call a slow news cycle. You know, in podcast world, the downloads are horrible. In the TV news world, 
the ratings are horrible. Why is that? Well, because it's holiday season. It's Christmas. It's whatever you celebrate. Most people celebrate Christmas, or you might celebrate Hanukkah, or whatever. And people want to feel festive. They want to feel the holiday. They want to be, it's Christmas time. I don't want to think about all the fuckery that's going on in the world, or this country, or the state, or the city, or wherever, whatever. You want to, you want to be happy, right? When we I mean, and I shouldn't speak this for everybody, but for people that celebrate uh, Christmas, when you get into the holiday season, you know, so around Thanksgiving, you fall into a sense of, ah, it's Christmas time, you know, and it takes you back to when you were a kid and Santa, and if you have little kids, you know, you get kind of excited again because you get to be Santa and you get to do whatever with your kids. And and you don't want to think about the, the crap, Right. So what this person writes in this article, which is very interesting, whether they had a <laughs> a crystal ball or they were really reading the tea leaves, because I'm telling you, as I read this article, keep in mind, this was written in December of 22. OK, everything that this person writes about is literally happening right now. Okay, so whether it be from World War III or a financial Armageddon or both, this presentation will attempt to unpack the monetary side of this intimate world economic house of cards collapse as humanity is pushed even closer to the endgame abyss by bloodline controllers orchestrating this apocalyptic doom and gloom near human life extinction event. Now, it's interesting. They use the word bloodline controllers, okay? So, here's my plan for the future of this show. Um, I go on vacation in a couple weeks. I've done a couple of episodes of the Bloodlines of the Illuminatis, right? I've done two or three different shows. Um, So, there's 13 bloodlines of the Illuminati. I'm going to finish that. I'm going to, and I say finish it. It's not going to be one show. I'm going to get the rest of the bloodlines done. So you're going to see a bloodline of this this family, that family, and the other families. And I'm going to break it up into parts. And I'm going to get all those done. And you'll probably get three of them the week I'm on vacation. And then I'll bring the rest as time permits. And you'll understand what we're talking about when we say these people, the powers that be. Okay, and you'll understand, uh, everything will come become a lot more clear. So, you know, recent financial news items indicate a near unanimous consensus of a so-called economic, of, of so-called economic experts predicting a range of impending scenarios from foreboding a harsh recession to all-out global economic and societal collapse, leading to what one financial experts asserts as the first worldwide global revolution. When considering so many unprecedented pre-meditated crises today, all pointing to mounting evidence of a ruling elite's planned genocide against humanity, combined with explosive financial precursors that strongly indicate massive food and fuel shortages, Worldwide, 
supply chain shutdown, collapse of the U.S. dollar as international currency or international reserve currency, record, record level inflation and skyrocketing cost of living increases. A nightmare is emerging of a global major economic depression accompanied by never-before-seen human depopulation die-off, potential nuclear holocaust, and a four-Earth survi uh, surface survivors, a reset sending humanity back to the dark ages of fu feudal uh, enslavement. Never before in our lifetime has such devastating dystopian end of world pro uh, prognosis for mankind ever threatened humans more than today. This discouraging, admittedly very dark, depressing assessment of our impending um, immediate future based on concentrated real-world events unfolding in real time fortunately isn't yet written in stone and definitely not an, unavoid, un, an unavoidable foregone conclusion as, we, as a human species collectively we still have a strong say more than we know in what does happen. With reactive passivity, increasing the grim outcome will a coordinated activity-empowered resistance foretells a far less gloomy, um, more promising outcome. In this 11th hour, as our instinctual self-preservation drives as species begin to finally kick in <clears throat> during this ticking endgame countdown, a relative handful of psychopathic Luciferian controllers have meticulously a systematically plunged um, at us into a heap of deep shit at 2022's tail end. What we are currently facing by way of the so-called expert projection will be presented followed by countermeasures that we the people might effectively use to combat the uh, and minimize the grave forecast. While mainstream experts are prone to euphemistic rosy forecast, typically suggesting a worst <laughs> a, at worst a mild recession ahead, especially when communicating with mainstream media, last month's billionaire Paul Singer found out uh, founder of Elliott Management, one of the biggest and most influ influential hedge funds, started, stated in a letter in the Financial Times. This is his words. The world is on a path of hyperinflation, which could lead to a global societal collapse and civil or international strife. Essentially, a massive collapse of the global economy and banking system is predicted. The Federal Reserve has deliberately destroyed the currency and financial systems, yet interest rates increase as powerless um, increase is powerless since the economy of collapse appears unavoidable. Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam of the House of Saudi is dropping the U.S. petrodollar in embracing China and the BRICS Economic Alliance. Talked about this the other day, the BRICS. Joined only by 31 mostly European nations, 
supporting economic sanctions against Russia while an 80% majority of nations remain unwilling to succumb to the overt U.S. UE, um, EU <laughs> pressures as a fast track to ruin. So what, what that's saying is 80% of the world is not in favor of doing what the U.S. and England and Germany and some of these European countries are doing because it's ruining the world. Like I've talked about the last couple of weeks, the world goes, the world currency goes as the U.S. dollar goes. Okay? Now, what's trying to happen is you have Russia, China, and these other countries that are involved in the BRICS, and there's only, you know, whatever, six or seven countries right now, but they're, they're powerful countries. They're relatively powerful countries that are trying to destroy the U.S. dollar. Why? Because I think, in essence, what happens is you have these countries that are tired of the, the American empire, so to speak. And I've talked about this for a while now, that this is the beginning stages of the end of the American empire, whether we like it or not. We, we don't know that, obviously, because history hasn't been written yet, right? But the problem is, is if you look at the history that has been written of past empires, it's very similar. Obviously, technology is more advanced than it was 100, 200, 300, 400 years ago. I get that. But the roadmap is still the same. So, um, rationing grid blackouts for certain days of the week in Europe are already underway. Though LNG reserves may be 92 to 94% fully stocked this winter, that's currently, as that's December, that's we're still technically in winter, they will be empty by the 23 to 24 winter. Deindustrialization and collapse are coming to Europe and then soon to North America and the rest of the West. This was a December 6th in Vestopedia.com article. The title announces Bank of America warns of labor collapse stock sell-off in 2023. All the signs of collapse are issued in red alert events by the largest central banks. A day later, according to the December 7th UK Express article, power-broking central bankers in Basel, Switzerland, that operate the Bank of International Settlements, are warning of a crash, the scale of which we have never seen before. With the staggering $80 trillion at stake, its headline warns a staggering financial meltdown, driven by an estimated $80 trillion missing and hidden loss posed as a danger to wipe out every dollar in world circula uh, circulation. Yet a day later, on December 8th, a fortune headline ominously warns Dr. Doom, uh, Noriel Robini, says a uh, severe recession will cause stocks to drop 25% and warns zombie companies are in trouble. These piece, um, this piece remakes, remarks how NYU professor uh, 
Demetrius um, Rubini has a history of making um, pessimistic but often prophetic economic forecast, noting the first sign of the uh, the coming recession will be seen in credit markets. Now, this is very important because what are we seeing right now? The and particularly in the debt of quote unquote zombie companies that have taken on too much debt and rely on unsustainable business models. In a recent interview, um, noted global financial uh, author Bob Moridi, he's from uh, 321gold.com, explained that America has been regulated to a paper shuffling service economy, no longer a producer of anything of real value. The Federal Reserve's pump and dump currency inflation tactics have fueled America's most abundant resource, which is debt. Reference to the Federal Reserve, uh, Moradi insists they have literally destroyed the currency and they have destroyed the world's financial systems. Like in the 2008 bubble crash, FTX debacle has similarly overindulgent reverberations. The uh, November 29th Unheard.com article dishes plenty of blame beyond the greedy corruption of Sam Bankman-Fried that the Fed ultimately played a role in FTX's uh, collapse uh, by puncturing more than a decade's worth of irrational market exuberance. It had itself fueled with cheap central bank money is arguably the real key to the story. It implies more than anything that SBF's entire empire, rather than being a crypto phenomenon, was mostly built on the excess of cheap dollar funding and massively over-leveraged uh, over business models, which was essentially a laundering to give money to Ukraine and then, find it, and then funnel it back into the Democratic Party. Since uh, 1913, the Federal Reserve functions as the U.S. private Rothschild Central Bank, generating a never-ending yet sustainable supply of fiat currency debt out of thin air like there's no tomorrow. Intentionally engineering this latest financial crisis in keeping with the long-standing historical pattern of timing every major economic downturn with another world war. Today's latest push towards nuclear confrontation with Russia and China at all costs. It's the globalist elites controlling the West, imposing suicidal or more aptly homicidal economic sanctions, not so much against Russia as against the Western nations. Reflecting all the elites along plummet takedown destruction of Western civilization, that includes deindustrialization and financial collapse. Yet 85% of the world living in the global South countries are heavily aligned with Russia and benefit, benefiting by buying Russian gas and oil still at low prices. Saudi, Arabia, Turkey, Egypt, and Argentina are a few of the dozen nations lined up clamoring to join the BRICS alliance. And it's interesting because I'm pretty sure, I don't, I'm not sure about Saudi, but I'm pretty sure those are NATO countries. So think about that. Abandoning the U.S. dollar as the fast-fading international reserve currency. In contrast, after delivering the sanctions and U.S. blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines, Germany and Europe are now paying um, the U.S. seven times the price paid to Russia that supplied 40% of EU's energy prior to the sanctions. 
So it's interesting. In this article, he just says, U.S. blowing up the Nord Stream pipelines. That just came out last month. This article was in December. Just pointing that out. <sighs> Again, it's the ruling elites ordering the systematic controlled demolition of the West, comprised of Europe, North America, Austria, New Zealand, Japan, South Korea, all by deliberate design and genocidal demons as bloodline cabal overlords are perpetrating planetary depopulation by 90 to 95%. Now, you have to ask the question, and, and I'm going to keep reading this in a segment. I just, I just thought about something. So you have these global elites, these bloodline Illuminatus, right? These 13 families. And this might be something I find out when I keep doing my research, but it's talking about the the destruction of the West, but it's also talking about 90 to 95% decrease in depopula of the population. So if there's, I don't know the exact number, but we'll just say there's 8 billion people in the world from whatever, all countries, right? 8 billion, just to use an even number. If you deduct that by 90%, let's just say, that leaves 10% of that 8 billion people. What is that? That take it down to that 8 million, 80 million, right? That's, I mean, <laughs> I know 8 billion's a lot, but... And I know parts of this country and your country that you live in might be what seem to be overpopulated. I get that. But this country alone has, what, 330-some-odd million people. You're talking 80 million people across the globe. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a significant cut in population. So who... Who gets to not die? Do you? Do I? Will it be a situation where people like myself who have a terminal illness stop getting medicine and just die? Um, is that kind of the reason for the push for universal health care? Because you hear about these countries that have universal health care and they have uh, death panels, so to speak. And what that is, is if you're a 80-year-old whatever, man, woman, whatever, and you have cancer or something, they, they determine that your, your life is not worth saving. You've lived 80 years. You've lived 85 years. You've lived whatever. You've, you've surpassed the expectancy of your life. So you're just going to have to go ahead and die. We're not going to pay to uh, try and let you live any longer. Now, if you're 20, you know, it might be a different story. But it is interesting to find out. And then you then you you link in COVID, not so much the COVID aspect of it, but the vaccines for COVID and the damaging effects that those have had on people. And I'm going to get into a story I found on that here in just a minute. Um, in conjunction to... <laughs> it's, it's like they're hitting you from 20 different sides. If it's not the inflation that's stressing people out, it's maybe they're losing their jobs, which we're going to start seeing. You, something's going to have to give, in the, at least in this country. It, you know, inflation's going to keep climbing. 
companies are going to go out of business or they're going to start closing stores for whatever their reasons are. I mean, hell, in this country alone, Walmart, for example, is closing stores in different parts of this country and they're, and they're claiming they're underperforming stores. Granted, those under, quote-unquote, underperforming stores are also in areas where crime is outrageous and they're shoplifting you know, it's just crazy. And the same thing with Walgreens and different drugstores, especially in like California and, and uh, Oregon and stuff, parts of those of those states where Walmart is just closing up shop because it's they're just not profitable. Not because people aren't shopping the stores. It's just that more people are stealing than they're buying. And uh, it's probably cheaper for them to close down shop. And then those people use Walmart.com to, to do their shopping. But what does that mean for that store that might have had two, three, four hundred people employed there? What what about those two, three, four hundred people that worked there? What about that Walgreens that might have had twenty, thirty employees? What about you see what I'm saying? This is a it's it's an effect that can happen. You're going to start seeing as these companies, Walmart and whoever, start going to a a Amazon type model. They're not going to need these stores if they're not making money. But as those stores lay off people, prices keep going up. And if we do fall into a hyperinflation thing, and, and I don't think you guys understand exactly what that means. Like as, as bad as it is where, you know, two years ago, eggs might have been a buck fifty or two bucks. There are two, three, four times that amount, depending on where you're at in this country. Gas has always been kind of fluctuable. It's always gone from two to three to four bucks i get that but eggs and milk and your basics haven't really fluctuated this high and uh if you don't work or i mean your your money can only go so far um so let me read on here in preparation for this global financial collapse china and other nations including the elites are all busily buying up gold as nations are bailing holding on to the U.S. dollar reserves, knowing full well that very soon they will all be virtually worthless. The World Gold Council reports that between July and September of this past year, 400 tons of gold were purchased. The Great Reset collapse is underway. The success, the, the success of elites' absolute control over the population rests today on whether the central bank digital currencies are deceitfully snuck um, through, not unlike how the privatized uh, World Health Organization pandemic treaty is intended to supersede all national sovereignty through declared health emergencies, though the CBDC may be sold as economic enhancer through convenience, enticed and offered discounts and a carrot stick, CBDCs are actually a cover for tyrannical government deceptive de <laughs> Deceptivity, gaining control over individual score, uh, social credit scores will determine access to both internet as well as bank accounts. And already in Canada and Brazil, assets are frozen against targeted individuals. From December 11th, Zero Hedge article, digital currency, the Fed's move toward monetary totalitarianism. <laughs> CBDC would give the government total power to determine how much a person could spend Established expiration dates for deposits and even penalize people who saved money. 
the government could easily track digital payments with CBDC. And real quick, something I was thinking about this with gold and silver. And, I, and I'm kind of on the fence with that. And I talked about this the other day. Does having gold and silver help you? I don't know. Does it hurt you? I don't know. Um, if civilization collapse, if shit hits the fan and we go into a total self prevalization of civil war, world war, you know, whatever, what good is gold going to do you? If you're hungry, thirsty, whatever, and you have, you know, 30 ounces of gold, whatever, and you have no food, you have no ammunition, you have nothing going for you other than that gold, um, and you want to get a sandwich or some bread or, you know, whatever you want to eat, uh, you want some water, and you try to go to your neighbor or whoever and say, I can give you this piece of gold for some food, and they're going to be like, why do I care about that gold? Food and water is going to be the new gold, right? So, but if the American, if your U.S. dollars that you have in your bank or your wallet or whatever um, are worthless, then obviously gold is the better option. If there's not a societal collapse and civil unrest and civil war slash world war, um, maybe gold and silver isn't bad. I'm going to make one suggestion to you. And it's going to be simple. If if you have the extra cash to do that, I'm, and when I say extra cash, you have some food stocked up, you have some ammunition, you went and bought a gun or two or three or whatever, and you have plenty of ammunition for that stuff, and you have some extra water, and you have some extra supplies, and you have some extra money. Once you have all that stuff, if you still have some extra money, and you choose to go buy some gold and or silver... Do me a favor. Don't, and I'm not saying this because I'm not sponsored by any of these gold and silver companies, so fuck them. Don't use them. I'm not saying that. The reason I'm saying don't use them is this. If you go online to the numerous different gold companies that are out there, I don't know them all, pick one, whatever. If you go online or you call them up or whatever and say, I want to buy two ounces of gold, 100 ounces of silver, Whatever kind of money you got, whatever. Even if you're using money from your bank account, you're not using a credit card, you're using your debit card, whatever. There is still going to be a transaction of that. It's going to show that Don Q uh, called McGillicuddy's gold company and bought a uh, hundred ounces of silver, and he used his debit card. You know, card number one two three four. And it was sent to his house at 123 Mockingbird Lane, right? Now, there's a transaction for that. Um, it's similar to buying a gun or buying ammunition online. You use your credit card, your debit card, whatever. Now, they, quote unquote, know that you did that. So, granted, and I'm guilty of this, so, you know, I'm preaching to the choir, obviously. I'm pre preaching to myself. Um, it's cheaper <laughs> to buy ammunition online because you can buy it in bulk and it's generally cheaper than going to your local gun store and buying ammunition. But if you, if you have a good gun store in your area, you might can work out a deal in bulk, but that's a story for another day. This is about gold and silver. You're better off finding 
a coin store in your area, like a legitimate coin store that sells silver coins, gold coins. They might have silver bars and gold bars. A legitimate place. Don't go down on the corner street. Don't go to a pawn shop. Don't do those things. And maybe that's where you buy your stuff and use cash. You know, because at least then the only transaction is between you and that person you're buying it from. And the reason I say that is this. If all this shit happens, if the CBDC stuff happens, if 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 whoever's buying up all this gold, I, I one could only hope that maybe America's involved in this for our own self-preservation, but if we're the catalyst of the fuckery, we don't really give a shit probably. But back in, I, I don't recall the year exactly, but I remember it was when we were coming off the gold standard. They went to people, they made people turn in their gold. I mean, they gave them whatever the value was, which back then probably wasn't much. But had you just said, no, I don't have any gold, what are you talking about? I, I don't know all the circumstances. That might be something to look into of how all that took place. But, um, if they know you have gold, oh, you know, Don Q bought 100 ounces of silver on, you know, March 17th. It was delivered to his house on the 23rd, whatever. Um, so we know you have it. Where is the silver? Oh, why I, I uh, used it to buy, uh, you know, whatever. Well, you can lie and say that shit, and that's cool. You can lie and say, oh, I don't have any guns. I lost them in a boating accident. Cool. If they have any kind of record, if you legitimately went to a gun sh- gun shop and bought a gun, if you bought gold and silver online and used a credit card or debit card, they have that transaction. Whether the <laughs> credit card companies want to admit that they don't do that stuff, we whatever, it's bullshit. They have a list. When you go and legitimately buy a gun, okay, Here, here's your gun registration, guys, just to let you in on the know. For the people that want to talk about national gun registries and the gun list and this, that, and the other thing, I'm going to give you a little inside baseball on buying a gun. When you buy a gun, whether you have a concealed weapons permit or not, you go to a local gun shop and I'm going to buy this new pistol or whatever you're buying, you have to fill out a form. And that form has your name, your address, where you were born, your social, uh, your driver's license number, you know, the gun that you bought, what brand, what serial number, so on and so forth, okay? Then that paperwork gets filed with the ATF and your federal, your um, not your federal, but your state law enforcement. So like in Florida, it's filed with the FDLE. It's Florida Department of Law Enforcement, okay? In different states, it's called something else, but nonetheless, same difference. Those files have to be kept on hand for seven years, now, that's not to say that after seven years they go on the, to the shredder. Surely they're databased somewhere. This conversation I'm having with you right now is databased somewhere. If you're on a telephone with your buddy and you happen to mention certain words, that phone call's on a database somewhere. Trust me when I tell you this. They have your name on a list of whatever guns you bought if you bought them legally from a gun shop. Okay, so to sit there and say, oh, I don't have any gold and silver, I don't have any uh, guns of any kind, 
when you know you went and bought a gun and used and p- filled out the form or you went online and bought gold and silver and used your debit or credit card it's transaction it's it's there so what does that mean that means the government the ATF the FBI the whoever can go get a search warrant we're going to you know Don Q's house because we believe he's got 100 ounces of silver and a crap ton of guns because according to these records he has them now I could lie when they come knocking on the door right I could say oh no I sold them you know and, and you know I I sold them at a gun show because in the state of Florida I can technically sell guns uh to whoever I want you know they haven't changed those laws yet I could say, yeah, I bought 100 ounces of silver, but I used it to, you know, whatever. Whatever reason I give them. The thing is this, is if they come in here with a search warrant, they're going to start looking. They're going to tear your house apart looking for the things. Um, if you have a gun safe or you don't have a gun safe, hell, if you hide them in the attic, you know, they're going to find them. Okay? They know you have them. So, essentially... <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is, buy your guns on the black market. No, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is this: at least, if nothing else, buy your gold and silver, if you have the ability to, and if you so choose to buy that stuff. Pay cash, go to your local gold store, you know, coin store, whatever, and buy that stuff if you so choose. Um, but I think it's even more so. They're going to do the same thing with food and water. I mean, if, if the shit happens that we think can happen, there's really no... It, it's only going to be bad if, like what this guy is saying, people have to start standing up. Um, as these CBDC creepers test the waters, the war on, daily, on, on cash duly unfolds to give the tyrants fuller control over upright, up serving, upsurping every aspect of our lives so that nothing is private beyond the big brother's reach of constant surveillance, control, and penalty. It is the fastest pathway to Orwell's dystopian technocratic nightmare of digitalized enslavement. The transhumanist invasion nears completion as 2023 is the year slated for further evasive, invasive one-way inroads to control matrix deluxe when the criminal cabal plans to steal our last vestige of privacy and autonomy amidst a crumbling collapse of life as we always known it forever changed for life for the worse due diligence and mass disobedience are the key out of this entrapment immediate removal of your bank accounts from large central banks to smaller local financial institution now, this is kind of where we're at right now. And this is kind of where I'm, I, I don't know what the answer is. What this person is suggesting is moving your bank, if you bank at Bank of America or Chase or Wells or whoever, moving that money out, taking it to a smaller local uh, financial institution, using cash and daily transaction, investing in real assets like silver and gold, localized sus- sustenance, and survival resource towards greater independence from food, energy, to, to security. Make your empowered voice for freedom a choice to be heard, shared, and exercised with like-minded others. Connect with your sovereign individuals, value, 
valuing, valuing a restoration of our constitutional rights and continued exposure and movement to accountability of the dystopic traitors. Here's the thing. We talked about this the other day. Taking your money out of the big banks, taking it to small banks. Right now, there's a war. Right now. So I did a show, today's Friday. I did a show Wednesday and Sunday and talked about getting out of the big banks, maybe moving to the small banks. Right now, the regional banks are in trouble because people are doing that. When your central banks, when, when the central bank and the Federal Reserve and whoever we know who that is, the Rothschilds and whoever controls those means feel threatened, they're going to they're gonna change that. So like I said, if you so choose to move your money out of the big banks, that's your choice. You're moving it to a bank which is still regulated by the federal government. Even if it's a local bank, it's not like it's unseen by the federal government. If you live in a town... And I'm just going to use where I live, for example, in mid-Florida Credit Union's kind of prevalent regional bank. And I say regional because it's just in central Florida. If they see a mass influx of deposits into that bank, whether those deposits are coming from people that used to bank at Bank of America, Chase, Wells Fargo, whoever, and it's being influxed into that bank, what do you think the federal government's going to do to that bank? So I don't I don't know that there's a win there. Unfortunately, we as Americans for the most part, I would say 99% of us are enslaved to the banking process. Right? And 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 Damn to us because they've done this to us under the guise of convenience. You know, ever since I was 16 years old and I had my first job, I had a bank account, right? And you cash your paycheck. Now it's direct deposited. I don't even see my paycheck. It just shows up in the bank every Friday, right? Um, we pay bills online. We, and I'm, I'm not saying you guys shouldn't do this because I do it. Hell, I've got my wife doing it. And she said she would never do that shit online because it's easier. It's convenient. They've got us by the fucking balls, by the terms of convenience, because we've become so fucking lazy as people. And I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about us. I'm including myself in this rant because I am 100% guilty of everything I'm saying. But if you live in the modern world, if you pay electricity and you have credit cards and you have a house payment and if you have car payments and with car payments or even if you don't have car payments but you own a car, you have car insurance and then you have this, that, and the other thing. Are you going to keep wads of cash in your house to go pay those bills every week or whatever? <laughs> I mean, I guess you could, but nowadays, even if I did get a paper check every Friday, let's just say for shits and giggles, I told my employer that I'm not doing direct deposit anymore, send me my check in the mail, and they did. They, they would. It's not like they wouldn't do it, I would assume. 
But now let's say I want to take that check to the bank and cash it. Okay, here's my check. I want to cash it. Just give me the cash. Nowadays, most banks won't do that. They will not cash your paycheck. You can deposit it, and when the funds are readily available, you can withdraw it, maybe. Right? So you would still have to probably have a bank account with a certain amount of money in it to cover that check for them to cash it. So if you if you got paid $1,000 a week, let's just say, your check was $1,000, you would have to have probably 1500 bucks in your bank to be able to cash that check because they're going to need a, a guarantor, essentially, that's going to um, make sure that check clears no matter who you work for, whether it's a big company, a small company, whatever. Or are you going to go to a check cashing place of some sort and pay three, five, ten, whatever percent? No, because that'd be stupid. So it, it it's really a grift. It's hard to make these decisions. I can sit here all day and tell you, yeah, do that, get you a safe, and just cash your paycheck and put the money in the safe, and then when you need to go pay your bills. The thing is, is where do you pay your bills? Like if you have whoever you have for car insurance, whether it's Geico or Progressive, State Farm, whoever. Most of those places, you can't just roll up to the office and say, here's my, here's my car insurance for the month. Here's, you know, 100 bucks, 500 bucks, whatever your car insurance is. It doesn't work like that anymore. Everyone's gone digital or has, you have an app on your phone. Hell, you, I, I go on my phone. I've got whatever credit cards I have, I have an app for it. My bank account has an app. My, <laughs> my cell phone has an app. My, uh, you know, my cell phone carrier, I have the app. I pay the bill on there. I go on there and pay the state, you know, my car insurance, state farm bill, right? It's, I'm just as guilty. How do we get out of that? I don't know. Because I think the only way we're going to get out of it is when everything just comes to shit. Unfortunately. I hate to be that guy. But I think that's what it's going to take. And I had one more story, but I think I'll just talk about it on Sunday. Well, I actually have two more stories. I'm going to talk about one of them right now. But the other one's kind of a bigger story, and I'll talk about that on Sunday. So you're just going to have to tune in Sunday. But this one here real quick. I haven't done one of these in a while, so uh, let's go ahead and hit it real quick. News of the obvious with your host, PCGC. So we are just getting word of this now. Regarding the COVID vaccine, the CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine, received the vaccine, and then suffered a stroke. The agency will now be investigating any potential links between the shots and the strokes in some of those patients. So there you go. <laughs> uh, those of us that are vaccine-free, we didn't know that this necessarily was going to happen, but we knew that something was probably going to happen, that this vaccine wasn't safe. We didn't feel comfortable taking it. We all felt justified by knowing, not that knowing people were going to get sick and die from heart attacks and strokes and, and things like what she just said. But when, when people that you knew got the vaccine, okay, whether they were family members, coworkers, whatever, or maybe even yourself, I'm not saying that the people listening to the show are all unvaccinated. I'm not saying that, but I, I want to believe that a lot of you probably are. But I get it if you're not. There are certain situations, whatever. 
But you can't tell me for one second that if you are one of these people that are at least twice vaccinated, maybe you didn't get the boosters and all that shit, but you got your two doses, right? Or you have a family member or acquaintance or someone you work with or whatever that's gotten at least the two doses. As soon as they were, I'm vaccinated, I feel so good about myself, I did the right thing, I went and got vaccinated, right? You saw the shit on Facebook, people had on their profile, I'm vaccinated, let's do this, we can all do this, blah, blah, blah. And I, being the asshole that I am, put I don't give a shit about your vaccine status, but that's how I roll. But nonetheless, when those people still ended up getting COVID, right, albeit maybe the symptoms weren't as bad, Whatever. I think that has nothing to do with a vaccine. I think that's a person-by-person basis. I'm not vaccinated. My wife's not vaccinated. We both got COVID at the same time. I'm out there pressure washing the driveway. She's got the flu. My son, who was in the same time frame, him and his wife got COVID. This was all within the same week of all all of us because we, you know, we, we do things. We're family. He vaccinated because of his job because he travels he goes out of the country and whatever uh got covid and was almost as sick as my wife more sick than i was and i'm a cancer patient unvaccinated i'm not bragging i don't think that has anything to do i think it's a person by person basis okay so as people who were vaccinated whether they were two shots three shots, 10 shots, 100 shots, we're getting COVID still. You were kind of like, okay, I feel right in the decision I made by not getting vaccinated. I wasn't laughing like, ha ha, you got vaccinated and you still got sick. What is that shot doing for you now? I mean, I might've been thinking in my head, thinking what what fools these people are to go and get this unproven vaccination. And then for me to be called an anti-vaxxer because I didn't believe in it, Because as we all know, vaccines take, what, 10 years to be proven? This was two months. We knew there had to be a problem coming up. We didn't know what the problem was going to be other than people still being able to get uh, COVID or be able to spread COVID even though they were vaccinated. Now it's coming out that this isn't speculation. This isn't off of the, uh, you know, uh, InfoWars website. This is Fox News, as reputable as they are whatever, the CDC is looking into this. This isn't, you know, some doctor in, you know, uh, West Texas uh, that's a part-time doctor, full-time, you know, oil rig worker looking into it. These are the people that enforced us to get the fucking vaccines. So, there you go. All right, guys. That is all I got because I went a little longer than I expected to go. But, you know, I am done. And that's what happens. So on, make sure you join us on Sunday or join me on Sunday. I've got some information that potentially, in my opinion, could be the early signs of the upcoming Civil War. That's right. The possible early signs of the upcoming Civil War. So, guys, with that being said, it is... March 17th, St. Patrick's Day, 2023. Guys, please find us on social media, whatever whatever platform. Uh, Don't Tread on America. Go to our website. You can subscribe to the show there. It doesn't cost anything. 
DontTreadOnAmerica.com. You want to follow us on Twitter, it's DTOM underscore 1775. And like I said, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, guys, please follow the show, subscribe to the show, whatever the button says there, go ahead and hit it. Um, it doesn't cost you anything. And that way you get the updates. I'm trying to stay pretty consistent with the three days a week. It's either Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, it doesn't cost anything. I, I'm not one of these guys that's going to do... I barely have enough time to get these three shows done. I'm damn sure not going to do a fifth, a fourth or fifth or sixth show of premium content and charge you guys for it. I'm not that dude. If I'm going to make money off this, it's going to be doing these three shows and getting getting sponsors for these three shows. I'm not going to do a Patreon. I'm not doing all that bullshit that these other guys do. I got to do. I'm a guy, right? I'm just a dude with a full time job and a part time podcast. Now, mind you, the way the way things have been going lately, if we keep growing like we're growing, maybe down the road it turns into something more, and this becomes a full time job, and I don't have to do the other job. That would be freaking awesome. I'm not even going to lie. <laughs> but in order for that to happen and me be able to bring you a five-day-a-week show that would still be free to you guys but would enable me to do this full-time, it takes you guys sharing the content with your friends, your like-minded friends, or maybe even your, your friends that aren't quite like-minded. Introduce them to some of the shows that we do that aren't so political and we're not bashing Biden or whatever. And uh, maybe that you can open their eyes. You can quote-unquote red pill them or you can woke them or whatever the terminology is. All right, guys. Uh, with that being said, I'll talk to you again on Sunday. You have a great day and uh, be safe if you uh, choose to go out and party it up with the uh, leprechauns out there. Uh, be safe. Uh, me and my wife are going to stay at the house. She's going to make a char char what is that called? A charcuterie board thing, whatever, I don't know. And I'm going to make a new drink for St. Patrick's Day. I'm not going to tell you what it is. If you want to know what it is and if you want to know how to make it, go to our TikTok, Don't Tread on America. I'm going to make it and post it on there and you can learn how to make it your damn self. <laughs> All right, guys, you have a great day and I'll talk to you again later.